0: It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and talking a lot about the A&M basketball program while A&M is... Isn't at the level. I think everyone wants them to be at just yet They are improving in the first year under Buzz Williams and a lot of that is due to his philosophy of strong defensive play Followed by perfectly executed offensive style and they've shown that in recent weeks So we're gonna be breaking down that as they prepare for a game tonight at home in Reed Arena to take on the LSU Tigers And we're also gonna talk a little bit about the LSU Tigers in the football realm and what their Win last night, hoisting the national tro- trophy for the 2019 season. What implications that will have on AM and the future of the SEC. For the 2020 season before we go any further we just gotta get some housekeeping stuff out of the way Make sure you're following us on social media at locked on Aggies That is your premier site to check out all things locked on Aggies You can also check out all of our great written work at Aggies SI Remember the Aggies Sports Illustrated Maven and Locked On Podcast Network have partnered together to give you quality content Surrounding both all things A&M and the SEC You can check out all of that great work at si.com slash T-A-M-U. And if you want to follow me on social media, it's really simple. I'm at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am a mister. I'm Cole Thompson. That's my name. Don't wear it out. At Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and at LockedOnAggies. All right, breaking down last night's game. Not only was Joe Burrow the most dominant player in college football all season, he was the most dominant player on the field last night. Setting a new NCFBS record for 61 touchdown passes in a single season, Burrow was able to lead the Bayou Bengals to a 42-25 victory over the number three Clemson Tigers. Just up the road from their own backyard of Baton Rouge, Louisiana in New Orleans, Trevor Lawrence finishes 16-37 of with 234 passing yards. Did not throw a single passing touchdown. All the touchdowns came on the ground. Travis Etienne led the way with 15 carries for 78 yards. Averaged 5.2 rushes per carry. Had um, one touchdown. T. Higgins, one rush, 36 yards. One touchdown. Trevor Lawrence, 10 for 49. 4.9 yards per carry. One touchdown. Really was all Joe Burrow. Five touchdown passes, 31 of 49, 463 passing yards. Back-to-back games, the Heisman Trophy winner has thrown for over 400 passing yards. Clyde Edwards-Hillary did a lot of damage with his catching ability, not his legs, but he still rushed for over 100 yards, 110 yards on 16 carries. Jamar Chase, incredible game. I mean, we're going to be talking about this game for a while for Jamar Chase. 9 catches, 221 yards, 24.6 yards per catch. 2 touchdowns, probably should have had 3 on that 1 blown throw. That was a perfectly put ball. Chase couldn't make the catch. Justin Jefferson, 9 catches, 106 yards, 11.6. Clyde edwards helaire 5 catches, 54 yards, 10.8 yards per catch. Terrence Marshall, 3 catches, 46 yards, 15.3 yards per catch. And that touchdown to seal the deal for LSU and sealed the deal for Burrow for throwing more than six touchdowns in a season Thaddeus Moss son of Randy Moss five catches 36 yards 7.2 yards uh, per catch two touchdowns in the tight end position Patrick Queen led the way with eight total tackles guys this is just LSU's here. I think that's simple but this is an Aggies podcast so let's talk about that for a second what does this win mean for the 2020 season with AM coming up? I don't think it means a lot. I think when you look at how much LSU is losing in positions that are hard to replace, it's going to be near impossible to find a way to duplicate the same success next year out in Baton Rouge. You're losing college football player college football's number one player in my personal opinion. When Joe Burrow stepped on the field this season, as much as Chase Young, I think, has the ability to be a elite defender, I don't think his production will be as hard to replace in Columbus as Joe Burrow's will be in Tiger Stadium. I don't think that. I think that Burrow was a phenom this year. They're champions... And it's all because of number nine and what he was able to do for this team over the past two years. His production is going to be completely dismantled. You're not going to be able to just find that off the street or even with a guy like Miles Brennan and just go, yep, we're good. We have this all in control. So also you have to look at some players that they're going to lose. Justin Jefferson, I think, is going to declare for the draft this upcoming year. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is also going to declare. They're going to lose probably Grant Delpit and Christian Fultz into the draft as well. Those are positions that you've had guys playing this role for more than a season. Edwards-Hilaire is really the only one who broke out this year. Jefferson started last year. Delpit starts in his freshman year. Fulton, same thing. These are guys that don't just grow on trees and then you go, yep, okay, we know exactly how to replace him. It's great that LSU got this win. And it's great that they were able to do it in their own backyard because it was like a home game. I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, if it, it sits seats less than Tiger Stadium. It doesn't matter. The crowd and the atmosphere and the drive up makes it more of a home game than anything else. For this LSU team. And I'm very certain that this LSU team was the best team in college football this year. But their year's done, and I don't see a repeat. So this could be very good for Texas AM, who was bringing back a similar style that LSU had this year with a majority of veteran players coming back to start for their senior seasons. They're going to lose a lot in 2020. But a has set themselves up really nicely with the schedule ahead and with the process to potentially really run the SEC West. They're set up to win this upcoming season. Kind of like how LSU was this past year in 2019. If they can match similar production, maybe Kellen Ma doesn't throw 60 touchdowns a game, but maybe he's able to throw five touchdowns, four, four, five, three, limit his turnovers. They get a good run game. You get the young talent mixing in with the veteran talent. Maybe this AM team could be the LSU of 2020. Maybe this is the year Jimbo Fisher gets it all together and this team goes deep into the postseason. I don't know. What I do know, though, is that AM is looking in prime condition to compete in 2020, and LSU is going to lose a ton. That this was a game that they had to win, because I'm not sure we were uh, we will see LSU back at this compet- competition level anytime soon. Speaking of competition, the LSU Tigers will travel to Reed Arena tonight to take on Texas A&M in College Station for men's basketball, and we'll be breaking down that game in just a quick minute. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, if you're not subscribed to the Locked On Podcast Network, let me ask you a question. What are you doing with your life? It's simple, it's one easy step, and you have over two dozen college shows ready for your listening ears. You can check them out along with great NHL content, MLB content, NFL content, and of course, you have your NBA content. Check all that out at LockedOnPodcast.com. Alright, staying with the Tigers, the LSU men's basketball Tigers will travel to Reed Arena tonight to take on Texas A&M at home. This will be the second home game in conference play for the Aggies. They were able to pick up that victory, the 57-47 to win over Ole Miss last Tuesday at Reed Arena. Hopefully they're going to be able to see similar results against Will Wade's team, but this is a resurgent team of LSU that is not going to go down quietly. When you look at this LSU basketball team just right now, they've had a chance to really set their mark in college basketball as a contender in the SEC over their past three games. While the games were close, I mean we have to give them that, they were all close. They were all victories. Starting conference play off with a 78-64 victory over Rick Barnes' Tennessee team. They would then go on to host Arkansas with Eric Musselman in his first year with the Razorbacks, getting the 79-77 victory. And then hosting Ben Howland's Mississippi State Bulldogs team, getting the 60-59 victory. Two of those teams for sure, I think, are going to the NCAA Tournament. They will be in March Madness. Mississippi State is that fringe team. I think they can. I'm not sure if they will. But they have the ability, I think, to get there this year. If you look at that, this is an Aggies team that is going to need to put up consistent points. They're going to need to make proper shots. And they're going to have to improve on the rebounds. If they can do all that, it's definitely clear they have a good shot to pick up their third straight victory. They're 2-1 and one in SEC play. They dropped a game to Arkansas, but 11 turnovers will do that for you. Any chance you have 11 turnovers, I definitely think that that's going to lead to you having a loss. They were able to hold... Um, Brian Tyree to 21 points in the first half, get him to nearly foul out in the second half, and then go on a 15 2 run to pick up the victory against Ole Miss. And then without Aaron Neesmith in Memorial Gymnasium, they get the next one. Everything that this AM team has done in the past few weeks has been improving. They look like a real contender. Under Buzz Williams, maybe not this year, but they have players in place to definitely help with that statement uh, Guys like of course Andre Gordon guys like Emmanuel Miller uh, so You still have Savion flag and Wendell Mitchell uh, Mitchell, of course is gonna be you know graduating this year so is Josh Nebo, but you look at this team and they have the guys to start kind of building around Andre Gordon has shot 15 points or more in two of his last three games Josh Nemo continues to be one of the better forces inside the paint in the SEC this year. He continues to get a ton of rebounds. He continues to block shots. He continues to make plays with his arms and pick up the victory. And most importantly, they're improving on their shooting. They are now up to 52.6% shooting over their last two games. And Coach Williams said something about that. Everything works better when you make the shots. The counter from that is that everything feels worse when you don't make the shots. We were we're last in the country in three-point field goal percentage. We're not a shooting team. We took two bad shots against Vanderbilt. That's 4% of possessions. Over the past month, we've done a better job of not taking shots. Improvement is key for any roster who gets a new head coach. And they're improving for sure. The question is, will they improve enough to get a victory at home tonight? And a lot of that's going to come down to the basic necessary. Are they going to get the proper shots off? Are they going to rush plays? Or are they going to go ahead to set their feet and deliver strikes? If they can do all that, this is a close win for either team. They're a nitty-gritty defense that's going to deliver punches consistently... And force their way into the game late. Every single game, up until about the 3 minute mark, AM has been in. This season. Outside of Gonzaga. They dropped a few games, like one to Fairfield. They dropped a game to Harvard. They have a chance to be better than what they're showing. They're not an 8-16. They're much better than that. But, even in their 6 losses five of them, they've been close to winning. And even if they go to eight and seven a night, there's still a team that looks better than an eight and seven roster. And it's only going to matter is if they get their shots off and they deliver clean, open shots, passing the ball around, definitely, you know, offensive production, moving, relying the clock run down and playing in their favor. If they follow Williams game plan, they're set up for a really good sh- chance to win tonight and a very good chance to be a real contender in the sec i think this season they have the veteran talent and they have the young talent combined together to really make this roster one of the better teams in the sec and at least a hard knock to bring down when going against these powerhouses that are expected to represent the conference in the tournament. Speaking of hard knockdowns, will Texas A&M be able to knock down a three 0 SEC LSU team, or will they drop the ball at home to move to five hundred in conference play? We'll be breaking down that in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Locked at SI and at Mr. Cole Thompson. Check out all of our great podcasts, also at LockedOnPodcast.com. All right, breaking down tonight's game, things I'm looking forward to. It's going to be the exact same as I always look forward to, three-point shooting. This is the worst three-point shooting team in the nation. This is also the worst three-point shooting team in the conference. They're going up against the second-best three-point shooting team in the conference in LSU. Are they going to be able to contend tonight and be able to get those shots off? I am going to be looking for great play from Andre Gordon and Savion Flag. But Emmanuel Miller was a guy who came on in the second half for AM and really made a mark for himself as the future guard for the program. I think he had a total of seven points in that game. He had back-to-back three-pointers to give the Aggies a uh to give the Aggies, I think it was a 24-point lead at the time. I want to see more of him tonight. Uh, he is a bench player. He's not going to see that much action completely, but I do think that he has the ability to extend plays, find ways to break open from defenders, and get shots off. I think if you can get Miller the ball, he can consistently find ways to score, whether it be off an assist to someone like Flagg or Gordon or take it to the rim himself. That is the player I'm going to look forward to. Final score tonight, I'm going to go with Texas A&M falling short in Reed Arena. I like what Will Wade has done. This team is a top 30 team in rebounds. They're a top, I think they're a top 35 team in scoring. They've done everything right in these past couple weeks. And even though A&M has improved, Wade has this team on a collision course of just complete success. With was Skylar Mays leading the path with 15 points per game. They're going to shoot a lot. They're going to be able to get points behind the arc. And they're going to be able to, I think, hold a to minimal points in three-point range, which is going to be a major problem in the difference maker. Give me LSU to win by six points, probably somewhere in the 65 to 70 range. Uh, And I would say A&M falls right in that low high 50 or low 60 range. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked on Aggies, at Aggies SI, and at Mr. Cole Thompson. Tomorrow, we will recap what happened in Arena tonight and take a look forward of what to expect for this basketball program. Moving into the remainder of the month, they still have games against South Carolina, Missouri, Tennessee, and Oklahoma State could go 4-0 in that category and really earn some ground in the NCAA rankings. But we will be talking about all that tomorrow, same time, same place. We'll see you then. And remember, take them, y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.